I just thank Pastor for this opportunity to allow me to preach. Thank the Lord for choosing me to be worthy to preach his word. We're going to be in Luke 22 tonight, if you want to go there. I was reading my Bible about a week and a half ago. One morning I told Brandy, I said, look at this, I've never seen this before. And I just want to share a thought that I had from it with you guys tonight. We'll pick it up in about verse 50. And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear, which we know from other gospels that was Peter. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far? And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves when I was daily with you in the temple. Ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together. Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with them. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another, another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crow, or crew, excuse me. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I just want to remind us tonight that Peter had just got done spending three and a half years with the Lord. This was the man that Peter was the man that the Lord so confidently called upon to do certain things, which we'll look at here in a minute. The Lord said, Peter, before the cock crowed thrice or twice, you're going to deny me thrice. And Peter said, no, 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 Lord, I ain't going to do that. No, no, no. And what happened? He ended up doing it. This wasn't your... I'm a brand new Christian, I'm learning things. This is the man that the Lord counted on. And the Lord turned around and looked at him. And I titled the message tonight, The Look. It's a look that we've all gotten in our lives. If you're a husband, your wife has probably turned around giving you a look when she has told you a hundred times, you need to fix that. I will, I will. I told you, quit watching the game. Fix that. And then you don't do it, and she turns around, and she gives you that look, and I'm in trouble now. <laughs> or another time, I got that look is I was growing up, and when I was growing up, me and my friends liked to go play basketball, go play baseball, depending on the temperature and what, was, what season we were in. 
and my dad was my mechanic. Most awesome thing in the world to have a built-in mechanic in your house. But one day I needed something fixed on my car, and I said, all right, I'm going to go play basketball with my friends. You know what my dad was doing while I was playing basketball? He was fixing my car, and I got home, and he goes, your car works. And I said, sweet, I'm leaving. And he gave me that look. It's a look that you get from total disappointment. And I think that's the look that the Lord gave Peter, and he said, Peter, you were with me all this time. You knew this day was coming. It wasn't like I woke up one morning and said, I'm going to go to a cross and die. The Lord said, Peter, I'm going to die on the cross so many times throughout the history of Peter's life. So I want to start tonight by looking at those times that the Lord and Peter were together and try to apply that to, my, to our lives. And then I want to look at that moment that caused Peter to deny the Lord. And then I want to look at the sweetness that we have and forgiveness with the Lord. We're going to start out in Luke 5, 5. It says, let me turn there. Everything will be in the book of Luke. So if all you have tonight is the New Testament. You're in good shape. But it says, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, We have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down thy net. What was the word that Peter was talking about? The Lord said in verse 4, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. So I can see Peter, they've been working all night. Have you ever built something? Have you ever worked all day? You get tired about the end of the day and... They've been throwing out that net all day long or all night long and trying to bring something in and they've gotten nothing. And the Lord said to Peter, throw out your net again. I can see Peter. If he was anything like me, Lord, seriously? I've been doing this all night and haven't got anything. But Peter said, because I trust you, Lord, I'll do it. That needs to be our attitude when we don't understand things that the Lord asks us to do. Lord, I'm not understanding what you're telling me to do, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do it. Whatever comes of it, I'm going to trust you. So what happened when Peter threw out the net? And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. So you got Peter who could do nothing in his own flesh. That's like we are. We go out and we try to do great things for the Lord, but we're doing it in our own flesh and we get no results. But when we go out in the power of the Lord and we go out his command, we say, all right, Lord, I don't understand it. I've done it before, got no results. But since you said it, I'm going to obey you. And I'm going to do it in your strength. They went out and they got so many fish and they brought so many fish in that their net break. So the first thing I want to see about Peter is he was a man that trusted God no matter what, your, what his human thoughts told him. Luke... Chapter 8, verse 51. I was never good at this sword drill games. So you're all probably there waiting for me, sorry. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in. This is where the daughter was sick. And he said, you guys all stay out here. Don't come in. Well, we got, I got this. And he, But it says here that, 
And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and mother of the maiden. You see, when Jesus needed to do a miracle, when Jesus needed to do something great so that people would believe, he said, who can I trust? Because if you remember, he didn't want his word to be famed out where he would end up before his time being persecuted. But he said, Peter, come here. And I know he took James and he took John as well. But he was one that the Lord trusted to be with him. If the Lord needs something done, does he trust you? Is he able to say, Brother Tim, come here. I want you to do this. I need you to witness to somebody. I need you to make a phone call and talk to somebody. Does he trust you to be able to do that? He trusted Peter to be one of the few that he took with him. Chapter 9, verse 20. The Bible says, He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Peter answering said, The Christ of God. You see, Peter knew who Jesus was. My question for you tonight is, do you know who, or I should, sorry, I think I said that wrong. Peter knew who Jesus was. My question tonight is, do you know who Jesus is? I'm not talking about, can you tell me he was born of a virgin? He went to the cross after living a perfect life. He died and rose again. That's important to know. But my question for you tonight is, do you know who Jesus is? That's my question. You see, a lot of you could say, I know Brother Tim. He likes football. He likes baseball. He likes the Chiefs. He didn't like seeing the Chiefs lose in the Super Bowl. But Brandy could tell you things that most people couldn't about you because she knows me. And my question is, do you have that intimate relationship with the Lord and Savior that you can say, I know Jesus? Peter did. Peter said, what did Peter say in that verse? He said, the Christ of God, when Jesus asked, but whom say ye that I am? Jesus wanted to know where their hearts were, and Peter said, you're the Christ of God. You're the most important thing. So do we know that? Are we satisfied with just thinking Jesus was somebody that was died after living a perfect life? born of Mary, and rose three days later, are we happy to just know that he saved our souls? Or do we want that relationship with Jesus that's so intimate that nothing can come between it? Do we strive to know him better? Or are we just happy knowing a little bit about Jesus tonight? Luke 9, 33 through 36, it says, I want to back this one up to verse 27. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste the death till they see the kingdom of God. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into the mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, 
which he should accomplish in, at Jerusalem. But Peter and they, and they that were with him were asleep. And when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass, and they departed from him, Peter, and said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. While he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them. And they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus found alone, was found alone. And they kept it close and told no man. In those days, any of these things which they had seen. You know, I, would, I understand that it was done wrong that Jesus should have the preeminence in our life. But I also understand if you read those verses, that Peter wanted to build a memorial. We're told to build memorials to the Lord. I ask you tonight, is when last time Jesus did something great in your life, did you build a memorial? And Brandy, I know your anxiety will go to 10 when I start talking about this, but I already talked to Dad about this, and God is okay. To most of you, what does this look like? Can you see it from there? It's a $10 bill, but it's also a memorial. Back when Dad got COVID, he came out of the hospital and he wasn't himself. And he started saying some things that I knew weren't true. But went through McDonald's. One of the things I love is God's blessed me with a good job, blessed Brandy with a good job. And we're able to take my mom and dad out to eat. And when you ladies have your ladies meeting, that's mine and dad's time to go out and eat. But we went through McDonald's on the way home from the hospital. And I said, don't worry about that, I got this. No worries. That's just like I've always done a thousand times. And at that time, because he wasn't himself, he threw that $10 bill at me and said, you're not doing anything for me anymore. You know what that does to a son? How that crushes a son? I was so sad. I was like, what are you talking about? I've done this a thousand times. I'll do it forever. But he wouldn't take the $10 bill back. And I thought that was about him. And I went to Brother Adam went to pastor, I think I went to Brother Justin, I went to Brother Chavez, and I said, guys, I need you to pray. My dad ain't himself. He needs prayer right now. Three weeks later, my dad was in church after telling me he was never coming back to church again. Don't you love COVID, how it messes with people's minds? Gets them to act like people they're not. And I don't say that to my dad's shame because about a week ago, or a couple of weeks ago, we were talking, and I was feeling so good about myself, feeling so proud. I was like, I'm on pace to be done with my Bible by July this year. Talking to my dad, and he goes, I said, so where are you at in your Bible this year so far, Dad? He goes, just finished the Old Testament. February 15th, just finished the Old... Yeah, I'm not beating you. <laughs> but I say... I got up because God gave me that $10 of a memorial when I was at the lowest point in my life. 
one of the lowest points, and I didn't know what was going to happen with my dad. And he said, you keep that $10, is what the Lord told me. He said, you build a memorial around it. And every time you look at that $10, I want you to remember you had friends around you that prayed for your dad. You prayed for your dad, and I heard those prayers, and I answered them. And dad's back to being what dad dad used to be. And that's all God. But I'm asking you tonight, the last time that God did something great in your life, did you build a memorial about it? Did you build anything that you can look back at and say, yeah, I remember that. Or is it just a distant memory? It's, was it something that, yeah, it was important at the time, but I'm over it. When Jesus does something wonderful for you, how does it rank? Luke 18, 28, not only did no one great things happen, that we need to build a memorial to it. Peter said, lo, we have left all and followed thee. Can I tell you tonight, when you truly follow Christ, it's going to be worth something. You're going to have to give up some dreams. You're going to have to give up some hopes that you had for yourself. When I followed Christ in the marriage, we had our sweetheart's banquet a couple weeks ago. If any of you have seen mine and Brandy's video, I had this dream that I was going to go work for ESPN someday. And the Lord said, no, you're going to give that dream up to marry the woman that I have for you. You're going to give that dream up to marry your helpmate. You're going to have to sacrifice some things when it comes to serving the Lord. You're going to have to be willing to give some time up, some personal time, some hobbies, if you will, to serve the Lord. To really serve the Lord, you've got to give up some things. And Peter knew that. He said, Lord, we've left all to follow thee. And I'm sure it felt like that. They didn't have their family anymore. They didn't have their jobs They didn't have any of the things that we call security. They were just following Jesus because they knew Jesus was worth serving. They knew Jesus was worth leaving it all for. My question tonight, do you realize that Jesus is worth leaving it all for? Do you know there's a cost to pay to follow Jesus? But that cost is worth it. Whatever the Lord asks for you to give up, give up. Because he has more for you than you could ever have for yourself. Luke 22 and verse 8 says, And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. When was the last time Jesus ate here on earth? The Passover, right? When he said, This is the last time I'm going to eat. And who did he send to go set up the place? Says so he sent Peter and John. That's pretty big duty. The, pat, the place where they ate, and Judas betrayed the Lord, and the Lord said, This is my blood, drink of it, this is my flesh, eat of it. That's pretty big. That's big time. But he sent Peter and John to do a job. My question for you tonight is when the Lord has a job for us to do. Does he look and say, mm, no, I can't trust them to get it done. 
No, they're too inexperienced to get it done. Or is he able to look at you and say, yep, you, right there. I have something for you to do. Come with me. I got a big job. I can trust you to get it done. He, he trusted Peter to get the job done. But then I want to get into those verses that we read that I, I've entitled The Bad Choice of a Good Man. And what makes a good man make bad decisions? Verse 54, it says, Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed closely by Jesus. It was right behind Jesus is what it says, right? It says he followed afar off. You see, there was a time in Peter's life where he said, okay, I've done all this for God, but I'm going to stand back here. You guys are going that way. I'm just going to follow off. I'm going to follow far ways up. Okay, you guys are good over there. That's when we start to go bad, is when we follow afar off. Peter should have stayed at Christ's side. Peter should have been right there with the Lord and said, all right, you're going to crucify him, crucify me, because I believe in him, and you're killing all the Christians anyways, so you might as well kill me. But Peter was afar off. Peter was at a safe place. The Bible says in James 4, 8, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hearts, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. See, I don't know if Peter was necessarily double-minded, but I do know that he wasn't drawn nigh unto God. I'm asking you tonight, are you drawn nigh unto God? Are you double-minded? Is your mind, okay, I got to go listen to preaching on Sunday morning, Sunday night, if I get to Sunday school, and then I'll be good. Are you okay with that, or you want to be so close to God that every day, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're with God. You're walking with God. Nothing can separate you from God. You're in his word. You're listening to preaching. You're dedicating your life, your time to the Lord. You see, that's when we get in trouble is when we let something slide in our life, when we just step a little bit back. I'm still good. I can still see the word of God. I can still do what I got to do but we're not where we need to be. When we're close to the Lord, he's able to speak through his word. He's able to speak through himself. He's, other to, he's able to speak through other men of God. Anybody else love 2020? Wasn't it a great year? Not. But the one thing the Lord taught me in 2020 is we're as close to God as we want to be. We can't depend on friends. We can't depend on family to get us closer to God. We're close to God as we want to be. Second Chronicles 15, 2 says, And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. God's right where he left him tonight. 
if he's still in your heart, if he's the number one concern of your life, then he's right here. He's sitting right beside you. He's like, yeah, that's horrible preaching, but pastor will be back on Sunday. <laughs> but the second thing that I've seen that he did in Luke twenty-two fifty-five, it says, and when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. Where are you sitting tonight? What are you going to do after you leave here? Is it good to be in church, but once you get somewhere where no one's around you, is it you time? Is it Tim time? Can I do what I want? Can I live how I want? Psalms 1-1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Are you walking with the godly crowd tonight? Which side are you standing on? I'm not talking about politics. Forget politics. I'm not care if you're in Biden's camp, you're in Trump's camp, you're in Christy Nome's camp, you're in Kamala Harris' camp. I don't care about that tonight. What side are you standing on? Are you on the Lord's side? Or are you on the devil's side? There's only two sides. My third question tonight is, where are you planted? Are you wishy-washy? Are you looking for the next big thing? Are you, you happy with Liberty Baptist Tabernacle? Are you planted here where you can hear pastor week after week and hear the word fed to us week after week? Are you planted? I want to encourage you to get planted somewhere where the word is preached, where God is. Don't, don't look for yourself. Don't let the Lord guide you. Let the Lord plant you where He wants to plant you. Luke, Luke twenty-two fifty-seven through sixty says, and He denied Him, saying, "Woman, I know Him not." And after a little while, another saw Him and said, "Thou art also of them." And Peter said, "Man, I am not." And about the space of an hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying. Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. He denied Jesus. He denied even knowing him. Remember all the good things that we talked about that he'd done with the Lord? The Lord trusted him and said, Hey, come here. The Lord had taught him to build a memorial. He knew. He knew who Jesus was. He knew there was a cost. But he forsook it all and he denied the Lord. Matthew 10.33 says, But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Looking at verse 5 of this chapter, we see who this verse was directed to, Matthew 10, 5, that is. And he was talking to all his disciples when he said before, or but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my father. Peter was there. Peter heard Jesus preach this. But yet, he denied him. We sing a song in our junior church. Thanks to Caleb. I, I don't know how many times I told Caleb, I'm glad you're there to lead music because you guys do not want me to sing. But the song says, our walk talks and our talk talks. 
but our walk talks louder than our talk talks. You see, you can do anything you want. You can tell people how much you believe in Jesus, but when the metal is down, where are you? Can they look at your life and say, yeah, Tim's a Christian, there's something different about him. Or they look at you and say, yeah, he's just one of us, he's one of the guys. When we need to do something, we can call on Tim, he'll do it. Or do they look at you and say, there's something weird about that dude. I'm glad that our sales manager, the guy I work under now, he always gives me a bad time about being a Christian. You know, I could be offended by that. I could say, who are you? You don't have anything. But he always tells me, Lions one, Christian zero. And I always tell him, that's okay. I know who wins in the end. Amen. And we leave it there, but Mark eight thirty eight. and I got to hurry up or you guys are going to break out sleeping bags and stay the night here. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, pretty much where we're living right now, adulterous and sinful generation, right? Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when, cometh, when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now I want to get to the point of the message and the look. Verse 61, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. I shudder to think if the Lord should ever look at me like that. And I'm not saying Peter's a bad man, and we're going to get into that in a minute. And most people here tonight know how it ended for Peter and where Peter went after this. Thanks to, praise be to God for forgiveness. But I don't want that look. I want when I see my Lord and Savior, I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in. Verse 62 says, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter knew he'd done wrong. Peter's heart was broken because of that sin. But I ask you tonight, are you okay with your sin? It's just a white lie. It kept me out of trouble. It's all right to go there. People don't, people don't, might not realize what movie I'm going to see, but I know I'm going to see a pure and holy movie. Are you okay with people thinking that about you? Or do you want to live such a life where Jesus says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Psalms, Psalms 51.10, we sing it on Scripture night. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And then what does it say? Then I shall teach transgressors thy ways. You want to be a successful soul winner? You better be all right with your heart being broken over your sin. And you better be able to pray what the psalmist prayed, creating you a clean heart. You see, the Lord loves for us to be faithful, to confess our sin, and then he can create a clean heart within us, just as he did for Peter. And I want to close with Acts 4, 520, verse 5 through 22. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Cephas 
and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priests were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before the whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby ye must be saved. Now when, they had, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For they indeed, a notable, they indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them as manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it, but that it is spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in, in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So then they had further threatened them. They let them go, finding nothing, how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God. For that which was done, for the man was above, for the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. You see, Jesus was crucified and he told Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter did. But Peter didn't let the story end there. Peter became, went with John and he preached. So I just want to encourage you tonight to say, if you're in that sin, if you're sitting in the wrong places, if you're standing in the wrong places, if you're following afar off, if you're doing things that you know you ought not to do, there's still hope. I want to say to you tonight, if you're where Peter was in the beginning and everything's going good and you're living the Christian life, be careful. Because if a man like Peter could fall, it could happen to any of us. But I also want to encourage you in the end, Peter kept preaching. There's going to come a point in your life where you might sin, you might get away from God, but get back as quickly as possible and keep living for God, just like Peter did. You know, when I'm asked who my favorite character in the Bible is, I think I'd have to say Peter, because I see a lot of Peter in myself. Yeah, he made some dumb comments, but he knew who God was. And he wanted nothing more to please God and he made a mistake, but he got back up. Book of Proverbs says, A righteous man falleth seven times, but riseth again. I just want to 
I encourage you tonight, if you've fallen, get back up. Keep living for the Lord. God loves you. And I just want to encourage us this year as a church to get things done for him, to win souls, to be wise in what we do so that we can see this place packed out and that we can see property and a building going up on that property soon. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for all things, Father. Lord, we thank you for the life of Peter, who we can learn from, Father, who lived as close as he could to you, but made a mistake, Father. But Lord, you forgave him. You healed him. You used him again, Father. Lord, I want to pray for this church, Father. If there's one tonight that's living for you, help us be aware how quickly we can fall. If somebody's fallen, Lord, help them to get back up and to live for you. And Lord, to seek that forgiveness, Lord, and to once again live for you, Father. Lord, thank you for the forgiveness that you so give us, Father. Lord, I pray for the one that's closer to hell tonight, Lord, if there's any unsaved here, that today would even be a day of salvation before they leave here, Father. Lord, I love you. Thank you for everything you do for us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.